1: podcast. We have a very special edition today, which I'll go into in a minute as soon as I get all my blurb stuff out of the way. So don't forget to like and subscribe and review us. We love reviews. And also, if you have an author or soon new things that you want to recommend to us, you can email us at, drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com and we will hunt them down. It'll be amazing. So my amazing co-host today, of course, dressed to the nines and looking better than anyone ever should on a podcast, is Danielle <laughs> Orsino and for the first time on Drinking with Authors, we have a gaming company, Ninth Level Games. So welcome. Thank you.
0: Very
2: exciting. Very exciting. Uh, yeah. We always like it when people think we're authors. So it's great. <laughs> hey,
1: there's a lot of written word. We're going to get into this in games. A lot mm-hmm. of written word. Okay, so first let's talk about what we're drinking. Oh, our sponsor is Skunk Brother Spirits. Coupon code Ooh. DWA10. And that goes along with, so I went to Wendy's for dinner like a boss, and um, it, it actually took like 45 minutes to get through the drive-thru line, so <laughs> that's pretty worth it. Um, but I have lemonade, and then I put the Skunk Brothers Lightning, I'm almost out of lightning, which is um, moonshine.
2: That's a little corn. Nice.
1: Yeah, it's, it's corn moonshine, and it literally, every time I drink it, it's like, zap, right down my system. So when I talked to um, one of the brothers, Scott, who owns it, I was like, what do I drink this with? Because this just seems dangerous. And he's like, put it in lemonade. So this is my new thing. I'll put it in lemonade. Oh, nice. That's what I'm drinking. I'm gonna get really drunk. Oh my gosh, look at, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. what's happening? Serious. Okay, Danielle, quick, you gotta say what you're drinking because there's magic happening over here. Oh, I, I'm I'm just, I'm
3: boring. I've got my barefoot fruit scotto and apple and i've got my unicorn goblet to go with the theme so i'm all roiled out okay Love
1: that's it. never boring okay so chris do, do explain what is happening over here in your quadrant of the screen for those that are listening and not watching the youtube i was about to
2: say that people can be the like they could do it in either right this is this is video or mm-hmm. audio mm-hmm. um i decided since we were going to do this that i was going to treat myself this is a bottle of the glenn livet founders Reserve uh american oak uh scotch single malt uh i have a large rock uh in my dealer's glasses uh, Ooh, look and at that. Uh, i just opened this bottle and uh we're gonna see what happens so that 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 is exciting okay well then
1: oh you're gonna get toasted this reminds me <laughs> of when i was on with jonathan mayberry we both went through about a fifth of whiskey it was it was entertaining. He literally says that, that we can be used as a bad example because it's true. It's true. Hashtag truth. Okay, partner in crime down there at Ninth Level Games. Let's yeah. talk about what you're drinking.
0: So I am drinking. I've got, so I took some gin and I put it in this glass container with a couple pineapple spears. And then I threw some, Chris is laughing because I don't drink a lot. So when I do, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to make something interesting. So I threw some orange blossom water in there and some ginger beer. And then I poured it over some ice. And that is what I'm going to be drinking.
2: I'm nice. just laughing because it it sets up the dynamic between Adriel and I, which is, you know, uh, we both go to the extremes. They're just very different extremes.
1: I was yes. going to say, we got lot of whiskey and then over here we've got so i added some orange blossom water exactly. like i'm listening to this and i'm like wow wow that's like something fancy you'd get and then you have a pineapple spear and it's over crushed ice and i'm like let me get back to my moonshine put some
2: moonshine and some lemonade uh
1: i feel i thrill. feel very wow I I do not feel nearly as eloquent as I did moments
2: ago. No judgment. There's no judgment. It's all about judgment-free zone. You invited us on to a show called Drinking with Authors to talk to us about things that we love and said, while you're doing that drink, I was like, well, I deserve a nice bottle of scotch for that. Uh, I I love it. A lot of it. So
1: Yeah. I, I love all of the creativity. Okay, so let's start for anyone out there Um, either of you, whoever wants to take this one, talk about Ninth Level Games. Who are you? Where did you start? Where did you come from? What's going on? I'll talk about
2: where we started and then Adriel will talk about where we're going.
1: Good. I love it. Uh,
2: So Ninth Level Games is uh, started in 1999 um, and it was um, was started by myself and a gentleman named Dan Hanson Landis. Uh, We met the first day of high school in 19 September 5th, 1988, uh, because we, I was talking to another nerd about a Dragonlance novel. uh, And Dan was like, are you guys talking about Dungeons and Dragons? And it was like a bunch of 13 year olds being very excited to just meet. And uh, we've been making uh, role-playing games since 99. uh, And our first big game was called Cobalt Ate My Baby, which was a parody of role-playing itself. and then in the, the 2000, like around 2013, with the onset of crowdfunding, uh, it was like, we're going to start making some board games and we're going to do some different things. And secretly in the background, we had been working on some very exciting kind of the next level of where we think role playing is going. And so we went from being a company that just made tiny zines to, uh, you know, we've now had a couple of hundred thousand plus dollar uh, kickstarters and you know we're starting to become a real company and we have some focuses that adriel will talk about
0: okay yeah. and go to the focuses mm-hmm. yes yeah, so right now we're really focusing on our role-playing game lines and using the system that chris referred to which is the polymorph system and it's a system that chris had been working on for years and it's awesome. It's a one die per player role-playing system. So basically you can be a D4, a D6, a D8, or a D10, and you will only ever roll your die. You will never have to do math. And it's just, it's a system that's easy to learn and play because our focus is on what world can we exist in, right? So Chris and I have a thing where we're like, with role-playing games, there's got to be something that you can be and something that you can do. And Polymorph lets us just put whatever we want on top of that system. So our current large focuses are Chris's mazes fantasy role-playing. It's like when you're a kid and you're like, I think C&D is going to be like this. And then you start playing and it's like, what I imagine there's a lot of math, but you know, still having a good time. But mazes is the quick, like, you are in the dungeon immediately. And Chris is showing on the screen, he's showing Kobolds Ate My Baby, which was the first game ninth level ever put out as a zine it uses only six sided die but we'll be kickstarting it next year early next year to um translate it to polymorph and then we've got a line of games that are in the awesome world so it starts with the excellence which is a game where Regardless of gender, everybody's a princess. You're a princess of something specific. Like you can't be the princess of music, but you could be the princess of acid jazz. And um, we've got two more games for Awesome World coming yeah. out later this year.
2: Danielle so, looks like like she's ready to play.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of like, all right, yeah. What, what, what we, yeah you, you, you
1: literally froze like an ice statue while you're watching that. I was like,
0: yeah, I'm like, uh um, I know. How do I get? Angry. How do I get? I get it. How do I get back now? Back yeah, now. I'm Here's like, money. Yeah. Like, so we're do? coming out with Horseshoe Academy, where you are a horse going off to boarding school and learning about your magic and making friends. And Nancy Druid where you are druid detective scouts solving forest mysteries and then separate from all of that we've got our fun shots which are one-shot rpgs they can either fall under the more serious side savage sisters rebel scum Good Dogs. Good Dogs is about being dogs in the Chernobyl exclusion zone. Rebel Scum is about being cool action figures in space punching Nazis. And Savage Sisters is um, basically like Xena Warrior Princess. You're like barbarian women trying to save the world. And then Business Wizards, which actually goes in the Kobolds universe. You are... Wizard working in wizard corporations, and you're just really trying to get ahead. So we've been really focused there, and um, we do still do card games and board games, uh, but we've been really focused on RPGs. so much so, we've got a project that will be kickstarting in September, um, where we've been working with some therapists to develop a game. It's called, it's still Venture Village. It's called Venture
2: Um, Society.
0: Venture Society, right? Sorry, Um, We changed it partway through the year. Um, And it's really about emotional learning and helping therapists and teachers and parents help their kids through role playing.
2: The team is, Erneel is the designer um, and then We have two uh, therapists, a doctor and a, a, you know, a professional therapist uh, and one educator. So we've created a super fun game that kids will enjoy playing, but it can be directly used by educators and therapists directly in their lines. And they don't have to, they don't have to do the work in order to get it into their curriculum. They can actually just say, oh, this meets these SEL requirements and they can hit to it. Um, So it is, it's fascinating. It's really, uh, we're, we're really excited for it. Um, and everything that we're doing we we are really kind of except for mazes which is definitely a more traditional role-playing game it just we're just kind of cutting it's just kind of very cutting-edge rules um -hmm. the the space is the tradition a lot of our games are focused on trying to uh create ways to tell newer stories for different people creating uh things to gateway gateway experiences um you know or, or, or or reaching out to traditionally underserved parts of our market
1: right. so okay as epic oh. gaming nerds first of all danielle's like blown away you gotta watch the youtube I'm like, look on her face because she's like i need because a whole this look-
3: is bringing face. back vampire the embrace which is what i played so i'm like yeah oh yeah i'm like oh yeah i was the vampire embrace girl so i i worked at moon dogs way back when and we had yeah
2: you know, to, you know what's super funny you know what's super funny is that's one of those experiences that i've been talking a lot of lately there was a thing in the 90s a comeback. where a lot of uh, a, a lot of queer people a lot of women came into the hobby because of vampire um and we mm-hmm. uh there aren't those opportunities even though gaming's gotten much bigger it's far more mainstream it's still um it's still what are those gateway opportunities what's that thing that's going to pull yes. you in Um, one of the things that we love about the excellence is watching the eyes on like a a little 10-year-old that sees it and is just like oh yes I want to be a princess this is exactly what I want to be like can I have that book right now please Um, yes uh, and that's an amazing feeling for us so
3: there wasn't a lot of I remember Vampire the Embrace and it pulled a friend of mine Jen in and she was not a a quote-unquote geek nerd like when I pulled her into it, that got her into it, and then there was the the very short-lived Fox show, um, which we won't get into because it just hurt all of us. But you know that was the that was the game.
2: Um, that can, can we talk in. about Can we talk about the Fox show for a minute? Oh please! There's
3: about. so there's so few people that remember the show. Uh,
2: Kindred, and we remember Kindred the Embraced. All I yes, I think there may have been twelve episodes. Uh, it was during that time frame when. Uh, you know, and it Julian. was like Star Trek The Next Generation, and you know, all mm-hmm. the stuff, but it was Kendra the Embraced. And my friends and I just love the, but how can we be together? You are Bruja, and I am Gangrel. It, it's like Cash it's, it's and Rose, acting. there so you good. go. So good. It was the
3: best. It was, and of uh, and so many of those
2: actors, so many of those actors have gone on to just have actual careers. Amazing. Uh, well, so it's.
1: I feel like Kindred, the Embrace was very much like some of the early DC movies. Yes. Like they didn't Mm -hmm. quite get it. Like they didn't, (laughs) like you're so, you're so close, but you're just, no, you didn't get it. But again, that's when um, Interview with the Vampire and stuff like that became popular, but way before like Vampire Diaries and some of this other stuff went, this is how you do it, Underworld. This is how, although White Wolf went nuts over Wonderworld. Um, uh, Underworld. I just said Wonderworld. That's fine. That's okay. We're going to let it go. It's fine. Um, It's actually funny you say that because um, we joked before we started, but I started gaming when I was 13, which was approximately, just in case anyone's doing math, 36 years ago. So just (laughs) so we can do some math on that.
2: Um, And We're of an age, just so you know.
0: Yeah, we're real old. Yeah. Yeah um no, no. but <laughs> wisdom wisdom yes
1: so much wisdom but it was interesting because this was still when D D was like you worship the devil and you're doing like the whole mm-hmm. stigma that went yeah, exactly. <laughs> um with it and what was a joke for me and the few female friends that i had that actually really game was that a lot of um female gamers were girlfriends or something that were asked to show up at a game and then were terrible and ruined your night because they wanted to play like a little pixie fairy that didn't do anything and it was so annoying and just like you how can't
2: you do because I'm playing the pixie fairy yeah so. there
1: you go but it's hmm. interesting I will say and this is what I loved when we met you guys we we got to meet you at the um ALA conference and what was awesome to me was D&D at 13, like you had to figure it out. Let's just talk about Thacko, which (laughs) anybody listening who's not a gamer is like, what the fuck is she saying? (laughs) um, I
0: still don't get it.
1: Yes, I I mean, armor class
2: zero is a very easy concept. It's just math that's hard. It's not FACO's fault.
1: Well, it's funny because you were talking about that and talking about the games and seeing your games, and it literally, right when you said we use one die, made me go straight mentally to GURPS, which by far is the worst math game in the entire freaking universe. Like, I played (laughs) GURPS a couple times, and I know I'm going to get a hate mail from GURPS lovers, but... Um, I rolled up a character. It took like four hours. I don't understand this. I've rolled up hundreds of characters. We played a combat against kobolds that literally took three and a half hours. And I'm like, Mark. I don't want to play this anymore. Like, I just. No.
2: <laughs> we have a friend who is a young person. They're a TikToker. Uh, her name is Irene. Uh, and she's the biggest GURPS fan in the world uh, and still loves GURPS. And, and she's always like, I know, I know it's GURPS
1: it's good mm-hmm. uh, it's good well it was funny because you talk about vampire and vampire masquerade i've played every iteration of these white wolf games i even played wraith one of my favorites personally um, still i still love
2: wraith
0: playing changeling yes, is I, where i'm at
1: <laughs> i love that but i was excited when those games came out with you're only using d 10s like it became pretty brilliant hmm. you have d 10s that's all you have
2: when you we know- say you only play with run die we mean you only play with one die like you are literally, you have a die and you you only roll this die. That's that's it. That's you amazing. You don't roll a bunch of dice and add them together or I mean, You roll the die, you look at your sheet. That's it. That's the whole game. Yep. Okay. Um, so
1: we one were of the theorized- goals of
2: this is to make it so that it's imminently crockable by anyone. Like I don't have to, I don't have to explain. Like when when we do character creation and we do actions, we actually have a video. Where I explain how to play mazes, our most complicated game, in five minutes. Like, and it's like clock on the wall, like the video, we do five minutes and ready, set, uh, go. It really yeah. does work, right? Like, and it's like, oh, we got it. I know how to play the game now. Um, and that's kind of our goal with all of our games because, uh, you know, uh, there, there's always going to be a place for these giant 300 page games. And there's gamers that want to do that and they want to spend their time. And there's plenty of people that are making that content. Um, Our focus is on the extreme opposite of that, right? Whether it's because you don't have enough time or because you have a mixed group or because you have new players. Um, And one of the things that's really weird is when we talk about like Vampire being a great gateway for people, the gateway now is really streaming. Yeah. When someone goes and sees a streamed game and then they sit down at their table to try to play it, the disconnect is huge yep. Right? because those are professional actors that are great improvisers, and they're barely using the rules. And if you read the roles and then try to do it, it's really we're trying to create games that feel the same when you play them at your table, when you play them at a convention, or when you watch someone play them online. Um, and mm-hmm. that's like a big driver for us.
1: So I'm, that's a good point. Origin stories. I love that you went from talking about a Dragonlance novel. Big forgotten realms girl on this side right, right. Nice. big forgotten realms girl <laughs> um uh so you are literally living nerd lifestyle correct like you got to be a continuous nerd through your life so oh yeah how
3: did,
1: yeah how did you how did you like for for realsies though how did you pull that off because there's a lot of us that Ended up in like very corporate jobs. You know, my beautiful faith queen over here is, this, like, is a nurse. I have
2: had very corporate jobs. Um, uh, uh, I still actually maintain a, uh, I do consulting on the side. I do, you know, 10 to 20 hours of consulting a week that, you know, pays for the mortgage. Um, it definitely helps. Um, uh, you know, uh, we, we've had a lot of corporate jobs. Um, the big thing recently has been, as we develop ninth level and ninth level becomes more successful. Um, it's already paying our health insurance, which is really nice. Um, you know, it's starting to actually, it, it, it pays for Heather's time. She's the CEO. Um, you know, uh, we're not, we don't have paychecks from it yet, but it's allowing us to do things. and It pays for a lot of other things. Um, uh, but from like, a from a nerd lifestyle piece, one of the things that's interesting is, uh, Uh, You know, using your hobbies to pay for the things that you do or turning your hobbies into a side gig can be, for some people, destructive, especially if um, you aren't monetizing those correctly. Yeah. Um, We used to joke that Knife Level just existed as an excuse for Dan and I to buy martinis. (laughs) Right? Like, as long as Knife Level bought martinis, I was good. Um, And then it was, well, you know, as long as Knife Level's paying for the hotel... Oh, well, as long as knife Level's paying for dinner. Oh, well, as long as knife Level's paying for a pretty nice dinner. I would like a nice <laughs> dinner. We, have a nice dinner. Um, we were just at Gen Con, and we had taken the team out. And one of the people on our team, not used to really going out and eating, was literally uh, having uh, an anxiety attack because of the price of the steak. That they was weren't that, was it GG? No, it was bugged okay Bub.
0: that makes
2: Bub. sense yeah i was like bug was like uh just order for me because i can't look at this price anymore <laughs> uh and it was like hey you've been working for us for five days in this horrible hellscape that is indiana uh you know you deserve you deserve this right and uh we can afford this right um uh because we've already we, we, we made money at the show we can afford this. this is this is um you know so so that line has been actually interesting and you know things that I like. I, I like to buy uh, role playing games, and I like to back Kickstarter's. Um, so they're just part of my job now. Uh, <laughs> makes things a little easier.
1: Yeah. I I think it's it's interesting you say that because of course normally we talk to a lot of authors on this show, but and you guys are authors because you're creating it. and We're going to get into that in a minute. But I think it's interesting what you said about taking your hobby and monetizing it because. Even if it's something you want to do full time, run a gaming company full time. That's what I want to do full time, right? This is the dream. Like <laughs> you have to understand the correct estimation of effort to get to that. And what does that look like? Right. Mm-hmm.
2: And is what it is impossible. the comparator? Is right. it mm-hmm. possible to make a living doing it, right? And yeah. uh, you know, what are you making? Um when for, for many years we just made zines right? And when we made zines, we never had, we never made enough money to do anything. Our books cost five dollars retail. Yeah. Um, the fact that we're making hardcovers now, is a different situation, right? Like there's, there's enough, um, uh, a good example of thinking about it is more like the music industry than it is about the writing mm-hmm. industry. Um, yeah. Because as game designers, we're more, it's more like being in a band than it is being an author. Um, because you have to manage all of these extra pieces, but there are opportunities to go on tour, right? Like we can go to shows where we make more money than if we sell it through distribution. Um, uh, And there's like different opportunities like that about our our ways to kind of generate money. Now on the other side of it, we're a publishing company, right? And um, we actually do a bunch of different things as a publishing company. And one of those is pay people to write. But we're not paying anyone enough to write for that to be their job. Yeah, um they would need a whole lot of jobs in order for that to be the case. We don't pay we don't we don't pay ourselves enough to write for it to be a job. Um, but uh, one of I the things
0: needs, go ahead, go ahead. Well, sorry. Well, one of the things we've also done, which helps sort of support the company, is that if we have a design and this happens for us more and more often, with our card games and our board games, is we'll pitch those externally, and we'll have other companies put those games out so that we're still like keeping our like shop sharp. That's not an expression. We're still like making an expression. You have orange blossom water. You can make any expression you want.
3: Rock it out. And we're
0: selling some of the games that while we could produce them it doesn't make sense for where we're positioned in the industry and that kind of helps keep us going as well which um is is super useful to us no I think that's true and it's interesting you
1: say that because when you talk about writing you have to go when you're publishing you have to go outside of the mainstream you have to do the circuits go on tour you have to do this marketing like one of the biggest things we talk about is like it's kind of like you could create the greatest role-playing game in the entire universe but if nobody oh you have sorry you yeah but if nobody (laughs) ever hears about it ever it's not going to sell it's true with anything if nobody hears about it if you don't know how to position it if you can't in five minutes explain how to do it or give an elevator pitch Which was brilliant at the start of the show on these games, it makes a huge difference. I think it's fascinating. So going back to the zine days, right? Going back to the zine days for a moment, because we're gonna have to take a break. Yeah, scooby-doo, scooby-doo. Um, (laughs) did you so you said you have external people right, but you guys have to be coming up with the overall concepts and what to write in the direction and stuff. Did you write them before? Before you were paying anonymous people to write games. um, (laughs) Never
2: anonymous. We always, everybody gets credit. credit. They're anonymous Uh, to me. I don't know who they are. So um... (laughs) uh, we started out, we started out um, writing all our own stuff and just publishing our own stuff. Um, And it wasn't until really very recently where we were like, there's more things that we want to make than we can write ourselves. Um, There are also things that we're interested in that it would just be better to have someone else write it because they have a better... um, Like, so we have a book coming out next year called uh, uh, Sentai and Sensibility about uh, Regency (laughs) women who have to turn into giant robots to fight monsters. Um, And we don't actually know enough about Sentai um, or Regency literature to be the people to write that. So we had enough to, to frame it, you know, and then we brought people in to write it.
0: Yeah no that that makes sense and (laughs) we we definitely we still like there are projects where we're like um this project we have to write because we don't want we we like it too much to let someone else write it
2: Uh, it was really hard for us to like actually get to a point where we could let somebody else write something you know, uh, oh. Oh. I, I gotta always assume it's like being in, uh, you know, when, when like journey gets a new singer, like, you know, you have to be like, you well, <laughs> can't sing that song, but it was yeah. like, well, no, one's going to do that as good as us. Um, you know, but that's just not true.
1: Um, no, that's not true. Did Did you watch the documentary? <laughs> I watched the documentary on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm don't stop believing. I will run from other fucking rooms when that song comes on.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The documentary about the, the 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 guy from the Philippines. Yeah, 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 amazing, right? Like, yeah, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like, and, and that's, Crazy. that's part of that like piece, which is like, there's just so much um, in the games industry, especially is there's kind of a very, it's almost like there's three, the, I guess there's like three tiers. There's there's kind of an entire like art space that is uninterested in capitalizing or monetizing what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. They pretty much exist on the internet. They're focused very much on games for them. Like I bought a game yeah. at Gen Con and it was like one of 35. Like the print run of the game was 35. Yes. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, which is not a sustainable business model. No. Uh, but it's a perfectly fine thing for your art project. Yeah. Um, and then there, at the other end of the extreme, because we're not even going to include Dungeons and Dragons because that's its own corporate- That's its own beast. Yeah, that's its it's own. But there's like a couple of large scale companies like Renegade or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that put out a bunch of games and they have licensed projects. So you have those two ends. And then there's just a whole lot of companies that are in this middle piece that are all, you know, all of us are just trying to grow our market share and create. And we're not really competing with each other, you know, like. um, It's
0: like, as people who talk to authors all the time, right, like. Yes, there is competition for, like, you know, whatever publishing contract exists, but the competition isn't about what's being written, because, like, everybody brings a unique perspective to what they're writing, and so there's room for, like, you know, five games about werewolves or something, because they're all different games, the question is just like, who's getting the the contract from the bigger publisher to make that game happen? It's mm-hmm. it's true. And it's also
1: um like we, in comparatives, readers, you will never give a reader enough books. Like no matter how many books you publish, you will never give a reader enough books. They will read more than you will ever do. The same is true with games. Like, of course, we do have diehards we're in a campaign and we're in it for a long time. But I get, you know, I, what I love about your games too is that it's not like the one thing about being a gaming nerd, especially when we were in our teens and 20s and 30s, um, but <laughs> when we had a certain amount Come of down. time. Sh- <laughs> you know, but that you can dedicate each week to doing that. You know, it was very different before you have kids, family, job responsibilities, where you could stay up all night running campaigns. But the difference is too that you can't with all of those kind of games that put you in that sort of situation. You, if somebody's missing, a lot of times you're screwed. Like the yeah. fighter's missing. Great, we're not playing that. We need to play something else. And I think it's great. And I also love that your games are set up for younger people because not that younger people aren't smart, but some of the, especially, you know, we were joking about the box set d which was fairly simple, fairly simple to run or even first, but you get into like, we joked about Forgotten Realms and Dragonlance and like, how the hell? you keep up with the difference between stuff and know all the rules and there's always that asshole who sits there and goes that's not how that works mm-hmm. like we all know that asshole
2: uh, oh we do we do we do uh I, it was super fun for me recently with the uh the dnd movie uh the
1: new uh, one or the previous one
2: the trailer for the new DD movie on amongst thieves, Honor Among thieves. And yeah. nerds complaining, well, you can't do that in the game. And it's just Oh like, my god. One, it's a commercial. Two, shut <laughs> up. Right? Like, you know.
3: You're finally uh, getting a good movie. Please. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: you know. Yeah.
2: We have Michelle Rodriguez as a barbarian. You lose. Your 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 just, argument is yeah. invalid. I don't care what you're saying. Um
1: what, what's funny about this too is there's so many gay uh movies that are out there. That are basically D and D fucking movies without the words D and D put on them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Dragonheart.
1: Can we just start there? Can we start at Dragonheart? Can we start at Crow? Anybody remember Crow? I, I love yeah. Crow.
2: Do you know? Yeah. Um, How about this? We had uh, the Saturday ahead, morning yeah. cartoon. Uh that Well, movie? if you want to talk D and D cartoon, I'm your guy. I'll go get my figurines.
3: Chris, uh, is, my, uh,
2: is I have the D and D
1: cartoon set. Uh
2: I have okay. that. I feel
1: like
2: no. we're gonna out nerd each other. Let me go get my check. Yeah. Uh, the uh uh Dungeons and Dragons cartoons are of my favorite things, uh, but I just learned the super fun thing about Crawl that I never heard before, which was a Crawl was uh they originally supposed to be the Dungeons and Dragons movie.
0: Really. They wrote
2: it on spec, and they got it signed, and then. Uh, 20th Century Fox or whoever made it uh, went to TSR and was like, oh, we want—we have this script and we want to make this Dungeons and Dragons movie. And they were like, oh, no, no, we're going to make our own movie. And so they had to change everything. And so that's how we get this film that makes o- almost no sense. That is very clearly a Dungeons and Dragons movie. That's a clearly <laughs> that's a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. A and Dragons movie. We're
1: chasing a moving fucking tower that moves every day. There's a wizard that's terrible. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: And there's also Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson as the thief. Like He's just like, literally, it's like, what do you do? I steal things.
1: Yeah. I'm all there. That that, that movie still holds up. I don't even want to hear about it. There's laser guns in it. There's all kinds of things. Best
0: movie ever.
2: And and then, of course, The Glaive, uh, which is a real word. Yes, uh, a glaive is a real word. It's a real thing. It's a type of polearm. It is not a Chinese throwing star made out of seven parts. Uh,
0: yeah,
1: just for the record, I want to tell you how bad that wounded me. And then we're going to take a commercial. We're going to leave on this note. When I started playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I was like, I want a fucking glaive. And they're like, okay. And they showed me a picture, and I'm like, no, 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 like a, like a glaive, like a throw, like a glaive. You know, and they're like no this like is legitimately frisbee. a glaive then of course because there wasn't the internet back then somebody went and got the fucking encyclopedia <laughs> botanica to prove to me that that was a glaive and that i was wrong and on that note we're going to take a quick break at erica's unfortunate heartbreak and her first CD game of not being able to have a glaive and we'll mm-hmm. be right back with your game with authors <laughs>
3: Patreon.com backslash
1: eso network. Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced, quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Rose Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brothers Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunked. Okay, we're back. Eventually, we'll share with the listeners the braid my hair story, but that's for another time. <laughs> it's
2: quality, it's quality. This is now yeah. it's apocrypha. Uh, people yes. will be like, "Did you see that?" No, you you never heard that story. You gotta. That's to Go the, look at that
1: episode. The, it, the braid my hair story. That's for the five hundredth
2: oh, episode. The special show.
1: Oh my god! Yes. Okay. So let's wind time back because Chris, we heard your origin story my darling, we need to hear your origin story. Where do you come into the nerd, dumb, and then ninth level games?
0: So um, when I was a kid, I lived, I have six uncles and one aunt on my mom's side. And when I was a kid, my mom was in fashion design school, and I lived with my grandparents and some of my uncles. And they would play D&D. And I was a five-year-old. So of course, they were like, no, you can't play this. But I was always oh man, it looks so cool. Fast forward to me being like 10, 11 years old, my dad who uh, loved, loved the man um, has a history of content that is too adult for the age of the child that you're mm-hmm. giving it to gave me like, the original black and white Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic. And so I saw the role-playing game, the original role-playing game that came out in the late 80s, and I was I'm like... I played cat burglar. Oh, yeah. burglar.
2: That was a cat?
0: Yeah, I was a burglar that was a cat. I was a cat
1: burglar. Okay, continue on. That's how nerdy I am. I also played the Cars role-playing game, but anyway, oh moving my God.
0: on. <laughs> nice. So, so that was really my intro to role-playing, like, I had no one to play the game with, but I read that book from cover to cover multiple times, and um, somewhere in college, I ended up, uh, I was, like, dating this person, and we wanted something to do together, so we started playing the old Lord of the Rings And from there I started playing Magic and I Mm -hmm. ended up meeting Chris and Dan and Heather. And like, we were all friends and our friends were friends. And as the years passed, we just like started making games together. So at the point where sort of ninth level had hit a bit of a lull, Heather and I were working on a game called Schrodinger's Pass, and we were like, let's kickstart it and see what happens. It did really well, and we were like, let's do this, so that's kind of how I got involved there, but, like, the entire time, you know, I was just sort of nerding out over on the other side, like, by myself until I got to that point where I had those friends and I was like, okay, now we're going to LARP together. and We're going to play magic together and we're going to play tabletop have to explain games. explain
1: LARPing because people listening so, on this show are not as nerdy as us with our duct tape and foam. Explain. So
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, so LARPing stands for live action role playing. There are multiple kinds of LARPs. There are parlor LARPs where you're not really going to have actual physical combat They're typically going to take place indoors or at a big weekend thing. That's where you're going to find, like, your Pride and Prejudice type LARPs. There are boffer LARPs, which you get swords and you get to hit people. And And this is the kind
2: of LARPing that Adriel did.
0: And then there's a whole world of LARPs based off of those white wolf properties and instead of hitting people with swords or not having combat you're playing rock paper scissors to see who does what in combat so I've done all of the above type of LARPing dressed in costumes and it's it's a lot of fun because it's basically like role playing but you're wearing a costume and you're somewhat physically engaged. And occasionally as opposed- you hit
2: somebody with a stick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which I really <laughs> like and I get in trouble because the boys that I've LARPed with have been like, you hit too hard. And I'm like, suck it, too bad for you. Yeah, so my right last
1: LARPing experience involved me and everyone else that was playing Vampire the Masquerade.
2: Getting yeah, kicked I out LARPed of the hotel
1: too. that we were in for a convention because one of the people went screaming through the lobby with a quarter staff twirling it.
2: Oh, no. And other people at, mm-hmm. didn't know that that was going on.
1: No, of course not. It was yeah. just us, yeah. we, you know, they That's said the we could account. do it because it was part of the yeah. convention. I, I happened to be a vampire at the time, and, like, all of a sudden I hear this screaming, and I'm like, literally, I thought to myself, we're going to get kicked out of here. <laughs> and Sure enough, go sailing by, and I was like, Yep, that's that's the hotel security coming to get us. (laughs) Okay,
0: very important question. Danielle, Erica, Mm -hmm. what type of vampires are you? I gangrel all the way forever.
1: Oh, you see,
3: I got in trouble. Um,
0: I um, play a Malkavian.
1: Nice, nice. And I also play Zamichi.
2: I nice. do like the Samichi. Those are my boys. I'm into the But uh,
1: I have a brilliant Malkavian character that is a teenager that has to be listening to the same Britney Spears song over and over again. And if it gets interrupted, it's pretty much the end of the world.
3: I so have literally
1: not... the end of the world. She goes nuclear.
3: Yeah. I have not played, in so- I played literally. This was when Moondogs was still in business and we would go into a cemetery. Oh my God, right now, Carmel is like waking up and they're like, oh, it was you. Um, I'm gonna get busted so bad for this. We would play in a cemetery. (laughs) I mean, this is, age is gonna show probably 20 years ago. If not, no, longer than that. 30 years ago we played? No yeah it was like Vampire, vampire was,
2: isn't 30 years old
3: it was a long time mm-hmm.
2: 20, it was close it was like
3: right at the very beginning mm-hmm. Yeah, and we played in a cemetery the... we didn't know what awesome. the heck we and were doing you're the
1: reason we were in the newspaper all the time for <laughs> Satan worshipping I'm,
3: I'm serious that's what we got in trouble for like they really thought there were Satan things going Satanic things going on at Carmel because we were the idiots dressed in a cape no less it was a cape this is what i'm saying yep. we were not elegant larpers we we would put a cape on fangs and we would run around and we had our you know our like uh, our lycanthropes and we were running around in the cemeteries um and then i think we went up to wesleyan in connecticut oh at some God. point
0: okay so
3: yeah we were that gr- yeah we were that group
0: adrian we middle- lost you again I, is this better You know what it is? Is when your hands go up somehow, you're blocking signal. Weird. So, Wesleyan, um, (laughs) my, my dad went to school there. One of my very good friends went to school there. I used to live in Middletown. That is where I engaged with many of my vampire and changeling LARPing friends. So, nice.
3: Yeah, we would go up there and we we would decide that we were going to encroach on the territory and we would try to go up there and get our asses kicked on a regular basis because we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we were we would actually bring the manuals up and be like, yeah. okay, and we would be looking through them because we just didn't, we we were not the most elegant players. So I'm trying to remember, I think my friend Jen still has the original manuals. She kept them. Nice from them we really didn't know we were we were playing and i remember having those damn capes with the with the collars that came up to like here yeah i'm running around but yeah we were in lake uh we were in the carmel cemetery running around and we got in trouble a couple times so i couldn't tell you exactly what like faction i was because i just remember jen complaining that she thought julian was really hot so she was part of that. Whatever he was, she was like, yeah, the actor, Julian, he was hot, so that was hers. And we would fight over oh, from, from,
2: Rose. from Kindred the Embrace, Julian. Yeah, he yeah, like, venture. then they had,
3: yeah, then they had. He was venture. He's
2: the guy that was on um Heroes, NBC's Heroes.
3: Yeah, they switched, yeah, they were doing, he, like, later went on, but.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's when, years later. I mean, because, because that show yeah. was in the, uh the late 80s.
3: It was it was like before you know they did the whole um, when you know when Fox was trying to be edgy you know <laughs> yeah edgy. Fox was you just trying to have whole,
2: anyone watch anything Married with
1: they, Children they I watch that shit all the time thing. What are we talking about <laughs> so I married with tried Children
0: that. comics What well, Yeah you know, Yeah I didn't know those existed They oh, exist, oh. my darling They exist That's
2: a surprisingly it's just, there's a surprisingly huge fandom to Married with Children.
1: Well, it was, we all wanted to be Kelly and we, we wanted, you know, and or we, all still, Kelly. we all
2: still want to be Kelly or yes. Jake Kelly.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Yes.
1: Yes.
2: yes. Uh, it's right
3: there. I no mean, one I has Boston, ever said, you they're... know
2: what I'd like to do? I'd like to be bud. No one, yeah. no, <laughs> no, because the
1: people that would like that. to be bud
2: are bud are bud. Right. They don't have to be like, but they're just like, Oh, I like bud. And you're like, yeah, we know buddy
1: we do yeah. a little pat on the head thanks thanks for showing up there okay so i want to ask this question what is the funniest slash weirdest thing to happen in a game that you remember
2: mm.
1: like we during role playing what is
2: one of i i know the- so, uh, we have so many stories because about funny and weird things is because our flagship title for so long has been cobalt date my baby which is a game of utter ridiculousness. And the concept of the game is, you are tiny little kobolds, you're tiny little doggy monsters who are trying to eat human babies, uh, <laughs> and failing at it awfully and horribly. You're, you're, you're like a bunch of, it's like an elevator full of wily Coyotes, right? Like, so, but to just tie it into our entire, like, uh, walk down memory lane with original vampire titles. There was one year, we did this event at Origins and Gen Con, I, know I mean, the are in Columbus, Ohio in the summer called the Cobalt Midnight Massacre. <laughs> so what we do is at midnight on one of the nights of the convention, we put together, we get like 100 people to all play the game at the same time in a room. And it's it's so loud that for 20 years, they've been pushing us all around the convention center. Like you have to get further and further away from where people are because you're so mm-hmm. loud. And they had pushed us, this was like the third or fourth year that we had been doing it. And this is in the early 2000s. So it's like the 2001-ish. And they had pushed us into the area where they have all these LARPs going on. And one of the LARPs they have going on is this big Vampire the Masquerade LARP. And these guys come over to us and they're like, hey, we're playing in the Vampire LARP, but our characters are these Malkavians that are totally insane. So in the Vampire the Masquerade LARP, we want to use your LARP rolls because we made our own fake LARP rolls called Kobold the, uh, Kobold the Charades. Um, uh, and so they literally played a Kobold the Charades LARP inside a Vampire the Masquerade LARP with all these Malkavian characters now pretending to be kobolds. And when all of the other vampires would interact with them, they would be like, ha-ha, eat your baby, ha ha ha, ha. Uh, And it was, oh uh, we got to watch this insanity. and We got to watch these very pretentious nerds lose their minds because these guys weren't taking it seriously enough. But in all ways, it was the, like, for me, it was just, we were we were so far down the rabbit hole it was just, it was just it's great.
1: just like a fourth wall. Fourth yeah. wall breaking a fourth yep. wall. I like that.
2: Yeah, My- if Deadpool, if Deadpool turned around and told us that yep. whole story, it would make perfect sense.
0: I love yep. it. My favorite moment is um our friend Graham Gens and I were running excellence <laughs> games for children and their families. And there was a player, this little girl, and she's so cute and she's just like, I want to be baby princess. I want to be baby. And we're like, you yeah, go to and want to You of keep things babies- down on us. Damn it. Okay. You got it. How's this?
2: better so so for people for the people at home in order to understand the first question that you ask in the excellence our excellent princess role-playing game is what are you the princess of are you the princess of monster trucks are you the princess of birthday cakes are you the princess of penguin marches
0: yeah can you hear me now yeah okay beautiful okay so this little adorable child is baby princess because she loves babies And you need to describe what your crown looks like. And she says, oh, great. Yeah, my crown is going to be baby head. It's just like a circle, baby (laughs) head. You phased out again. We keep losing the audio in the middle of this amazing story. (laughs) Hold on One second. I, I,
2: okay. <laughs> so the 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 punchline is they play this game and this little kid is playing it completely straight because she's having the best time she's like oh i'm the princess of babies i got all these babies on my head But Graham and Adriel are having an existential crisis because this is the most horrific thing. And the kid just keeps saying things like, oh, yeah, I just, like, grab one of the babies and I throw it. It's just like, no, what are you doing? (laughs) It was
0: fair.
1: That is literally the thing nightmares are made from, and I think it, don't don't break the fairy prince. Okay, Danielle, what is your weirdest <laughs> gaming experience that you can remember?
3: Uh, probably having like being chased by um, the Kent Police. You know, because we were trespassing. We've um we we decided to LARP on um, Hamilton Fish Junior's property during a blizzard.
2: Oh no! And
3: we didn't it know it Hamilton was his property. Fish, Jr. Yeah, uh, he's he was a senator, <laughs> sure. Sure. and we we didn't know it was his property. And it was during a blizzard. Let me back up. It was during a blizzard. Nobody would be out. We didn't know it was his property, and we decided to do something with sleds. I don't really remember exactly what the setup was. We weren't drunk. Let me just back up. Um, we were not drunk but it just we decided to sleigh ride somehow involved in it i don't I, I think it was like one of those we're stuck in an arctic tundra and oh my god and we decided that it was going to be on this property which we did not know was his
0: and lo and behold
3: here come the kent cops i think it was the kent cops actually yeah and they come pulling up in the middle of a blizzard and what the hell they were doing out in the blizzard I don't know. Well, they got a call about people on a property with a sled. And capes. (laughs) Um, And we got hauled in. And we all got hauled in for it. And having to make that call and explain to my dad why we were there. And one that we were not drunk. No one was high. This was actually (laughs) a role-playing thing.
2: That would have been the first thing out of my dad's mouth. My dad would have been like, <laughs> "Um, are you pretending to be a vampire?"
3: <laughs> yeah. It was not. Normally, if I was dressed in my Wonder Woman outfit, he, that would have made sense to him. Everything that would have yeah. been like, that would have been like, "Oh, is she dressed as Wonder Woman? Got it." But the fact that it was a blizzard, I could not. So it was more like, "Where is she and what was she Sleigh riding and then when he found out everybody was like sober nobody was high he was like okay and they were like well it's on you know a senator's property he was like and what makes it so much special so that was the whole thing and then he was like role playing and it was just the whole explanation of no this is not sexual no nobody's drunk and he was finally like i don't i just i don't i don't want to know anything he's like get in the car This is not going on anybody's record, right? And then it was the same thing. The cops were like, role-playing? Like, how do we explain this?
0: What do we put in the report? Yeah,
2: like I don't know how to put this in a box. I don't know what (laughs) box to put this in.
0: Yeah, like, this (laughs) is the worst the kids are doing. And
3: half of them weren't following rules. They were just like, you know, so it was just one of those. And it was the usual, like, just just get out. So when I wound up working at Moondogs a couple years later, my dad was just like... Uh, okay like what am I gonna do with this it was just and now here I am sitting on drinking with authors in a tiara headpiece and you know crystals on my face and once again my dad is not surprised by any of this
0: living your best
3: life
2: living the best life
3: not surprised so, so you know once you've uh, been taken in for uh trespassing on a senator's property
1: the rest of it really just its uphill it's uphill from here See, I think I I have funny actual role-playing experiences, but we used to do what we called Midnight Madness, which was treasure hunting with paintball guns. Oh, yeah. So you'd go out in teams and you had to get things like go into a club and get a stripper to take a Polaroid with you. Like that was part (laughs) of the treasure hunt. Like just obscure things. Nothing damaging, nothing dangerous, but you always had to go get like a very obscure things and a lot of it was photographic evidence so we weren't stealing and stuff but um this was before cell phones existed in gps yeah. so you used maps and you had to drive around well um one of our group decided that it would be really cool because at the time it seemed really cool they dressed in all black you know and maybe had paintball guns that were not you know that looked like black
2: guns. Were the paintball guns to attack the other teams yes yeah, because
1: okay. so, you get taken out if you attack the other team and, and and maybe, maybe, maybe we got pulled over by the Albuquerque Police Department and ordered to get out of the car <laughs> and uh, put our hands down and um, lay our weapons aside. Things happen. This, 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 maybe hypothetically this happened. It took, took quite a bit Allegedly. of. Allegedly. There was some explaining that I had to, because they thought we were going on a shooting spree. Oh, and paramilitary. Now, I want to reiterate this was like
2: That wasn't funny until you said the word paramilitary.
1: (laughs) That's that's what we look like. We had a bunch of black you know, and then black hats and like, yeah,
2: a bunch of nerds wearing black shooting uh, fucking paintball guns. Yeah,
1: but this was way before a lot of, this was before Columbine. This is before a lot of the stuff that happened. So has happened and never do that now. But that was that was my getting now we didn't get arrested luckily, but the cops were not happy because they had gotten calls about these groups of people going around in guns. And so uh we won though because technically like we should have just won the treasure hunt when we all showed up at the um IHOP later to (laughs) to reconvene on who was the winner of these particular games. And so we had, anyway, but here's here's my favorite, um, actually playing a game. It was a white wolf game. It was Wraith, and in Wraith, for those that don't understand, you play a a, a person who's trapped on the material plane because they're unfinished. They died, but they're unfinished in what they're doing, so they're trapped on the material plane, just explaining it for anybody, and I have these friends that were Renaissance, act, you know, we're on the Renaissance Fair, they're actors, they do plays, all this stuff. So playing with a bunch of actors is insane. But we were sitting there, and one of the guys was playing a actor whose crowning achievement was he was the first um, rebellion person killed on Star Wars at the opening scene where Death Vader comes in. Like, that was his acting credit. He wasn't really that, but that was his character. Was his character his was acting. the guy
2: that gets shot wearing the wearing the weird hat.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay, so um, another character, awesome. she was just adorable, but she played a zookeeper, and she was mauled and killed by one of her lions. So we're gathering up oh. the troops, and she shows up, and he has just been killed in a horrible car wreck, right? So here's, and he's doing the British accent, He's way better than I am, and he's staring at this dead body, and she walks up and goes, if it makes you feel any better, it, I was eaten by a lion. <laughs> <laughs> and he literally,
0: without a beat, goes, well, how would that make me feel better? <laughs> 30 so how- minutes.
1: We could not stop laughing about this because he literally, without a smile, without anything, just turned and looked at her and goes, How oh, would that make me feel better.
2: Out of context game quotes is one of the best things because- <laughs>
3: There uh, should be a book on that.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, difficult to put together, but I mean, it would be a worthwhile piece because you're creating situations where uh, that non sequitur or that thing that just sounds in the moment it sounds perfectly, it makes perfect sense. But taken out of the context of the situation that you're in, it's so insane. It's so over the mm-hmm. top. Uh, well, it the number is, of it, times I have said, well, I don't think anyone has ever said that in the history of the English language while playing a game is pretty high. Yeah,
1: I always, I, for me, role-playing, and then we're going to wrap this up. We got to go into our literary briefs. But um, for me, role-playing is always funny because Especially if you listen, and, and depending on who's gaming, because you have people, all different intellects that game with you, right? But I've had yeah. DMs go, that you walk into a room and there are six identical sarcophagi, and have someone go, well, which one's the leader coffin? The one that says leader on it. That's Did he not mention that? The big flashing sign that said, this one's the leader coffin. <laughs>
2: one of the things that has uh for us is that I think is always interesting is we go to a lot of conventions and we run a lot of games for a lot of people like so um the number of people that I have like personally gamed with is very large because I've been doing this for 25 years as a professional um
1: I like that you put as a professional
3: on that (laughs) yes I appreciate that tremendously
2: the uh you know where where I'm going to a lot of conventions I'm running a lot of games and I'm interacting with a lot of people you know like so like I'll have days where like I'll run the same game four or five times for four or five different groups of five people and you know it's funny you said sarcophagus right like uh, that's one of those words that I love uh because you'll be surprised at how many nerds don't know what that is
1: I, I don't think I'd be surprised. I think I'm more mortified that more nerds mortified. don't know you what that mortified. is. I'm
0: surprised. That uh, surprises surprised. me.
2: There's a bunch of yeah. words that I always like. And it's like, I say this word that I think is very specific. Sepulchre.
0: Yeah. Dias. Oh, that I know. Things are.
2: Uh, you know, and then you're always like, you know, it's like an altar with a stone coffin on it. And they're like, oh, oh, that's what that's, that's what that is. Oh, okay. I mean the, the the really famous gaming story about that is is the guy saying you come across uh, you 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 enter onto a field and there is a gazebo here, and the guy says, <laughs> I, I draw my sword because he didn't know what a gazebo was so he assumed it was a monster, <laughs> oh you know. My God. Uh, that
1: reminds me of that game. That's one of my favorite things. I shoot a magic missile in the darkness. Oh. Yes.
2: <laughs> um, Erica, we'll have to send you our video. Um. Uh. Adriel and I have alter egos that are puppets.
1: And oh. We did.
2: We did geek summoner geeks, which is what that is with our puppets. Oh.
1: Do I need this video immediately. Yes. Why?
2: I, uh, I, we, we can do that. It's, it's, you
0: know, I magic Missile! No, we do that. We did a reading of the princess bride and Chris's favorite all time quote from me, I think is, Oh, I think about Peter Falk every day.
2: That is not what you said. What you said was, <laughs> I think about Columbo every You're day. Right. You're and right. then it was like, yeah, Peter Falk was Columbo. And you were like, <laughs>
0: What? he was <laughs>
2: <laughs> because you think about Columbo every day which Adriel do. does because I every do. day Adriel has a moment like, okay okay uh, okay okay. I help you ma'am uh, yeah. Like every day Adriel has a moment where she just becomes Columbo trying to exit a situation
0: yeah.
2: and even though they, they, they think every day about Columbo they never once thought that Peter Falk Globo, was I just, in the I Princess Bride.
0: I didn't connect the
2: two. Never occurred just, to them ever.
1: Yeah. So which one's the leader, coffin? <laughs> which one's the leader
0: <laughs> well, coffin? which one is the leader coffin? <laughs>
2: exactly. Oh my
1: break
3: my hair.
0: Break my hair. Break her okay. hair. Okay.
1: Ninth <laughs> level <laughs> games. Shameless self-promotion time. Tell yeah. people
0: how to find you ninthlevelgames.com that's the numeral nine that's not correct it's
2: ninthlevel.com
0: it's both fyi ninth level games redirects to ninthlevel.com <laughs> both use the numeral nine instead of uh spelled out
2: and our company's name is the number nine t-h-l-e-v-e-l and you, if you put .com after that, you'll go right to us on the internet.
0: Right, and you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, all under at Ninth Level and also ninthlevelgames.com Level works. Effectively, we, all the
2: socials at Ninth Level Games. Listen, she just uh, had
0: orange blossom water. I watched. I her was just going to say I wouldn't be messing container. with her.
2: The. Um, and we're on Instagram, and we're on TikTok, and we're on all of those yeah. things. Um, you can find us on all and of
0: YouTube,
2: the, the YouTubes, yep, uh, YouTubes.
0: You're on the YouTubes.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. You guys have been so much fun to have. You 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 popped Yay. our gaming company Cherry. Look, I said it that it's an, it. it's an adult podcast.
2: It's an adult podcast.
3: We just crossed over to mature content.
1: Yes. Oh, that was, that surprisingly, was, surprisingly, I think then. I've yeah. only said
2: fuck one time and you even gave me the ability to say it. Uh, yeah. Usually I'm fighting it. Usually it's like, hey, Chris, can we just keep that down? i As a lifelong <laughs> Philadelphian, it's very difficult for me to uh, not pepper, not pepper the conversation with swears.
1: Oh, I can't, I can't help myself. So that's how that goes. <laughs> okay. So this has been Drinking with Authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance. Um, my amazing and beautiful co-host today is Danielle Orsino, the fairy goddess. Um, our guests today have been ninth level games. And, you know, besides the whole Colombo thing at the end, they they came off pretty cool, actually. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, maybe we can edit that. They actually edited our stuff, which we don't. So you should... <laughs> I, <it's, laughs>
0: That us. will wind
3: up being your blurb, just so you know. know. Yeah. Peter
1: Falk. Peter Falk. Um, like and subscribe. You can Skunk leave us a review of what you thought of Ninth Level Games performance today, impromptu. And otherwise, we will see you guys next time.
2: Cheers. This has been a
3: broadcast of the ESO Network.